following is a presentation from your friends at Forcecast.net. It's the Forcecast. Home to the official podcast of TheForce.net. I feel the Force. And RebelScum.com. You Rebel Scum. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Read a Star Wars novel today, and the Force will be with you. The Forcecast presents Jedi Journals. Welcome back, everyone, to the April edition of Forcecast Jedi Journals. This is Jovial J. Shepard, as always, uh, joined here again by Chris Wyman. Uh, for those of you that listened to uh, the March episode, uh, you may not have heard Chris while well, he was out sick, but he assures me he's feeling a lot better now. Uh, he's had a little uh, congestion and stuff like that, so I'm glad to hear you're feeling better. Um, yeah. Hello. Hello, everybody. Uh, yeah. Apologize I missed last week, but I'm excited to get back into it and uh, really focus on some cool stuff that we heard this this past week. All right. Yeah, there's a lot of great announcements we've got here, so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to get into it. Um, so why don't uh, Chris, why don't you go ahead and read the spoiler policy for us uh, just to let everybody know what, what we've got going on here? Okay. Well, as, as people know, we're going to be talking about all of the uh, Star Wars stuff that that's out, and so there's going to be some stuff that we touch on that may um, reveal some spoiler information, but we try to avoid the, the big uh, plot points. But anything that's been out over a year is pretty much fair game. So uh, if it's been out over a year, we, we may touch it, but otherwise, uh, you know, we'll try and be sensitive to it, but you may hear things here that are considered to be spoilers. So, uh, sorry, hang on a second. Um, can you just check your mic real quick? You're, you're, sounding a, you're still sounding a little weird. I don't know, maybe it's... Um Maybe you still got a little bit of bug. Yeah, let me, excuse me. Check, check. Okay? Is, no, it's is, still. It still sounds a little weird. I'm not. I'm not better? sure what's going on. Let me hear. Let me hear again. Uh, check, check. Is is this on? Right? Correct. Hello. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Jay, I, it sounds. Hey, Jay. Sorry, I'm late. I'm here. Oh, I apologize wait, for that. Who's that? What, what do you mean? It's me. It's Chris. I. I was just talking to you, Chris. Wait. Uh, I don't think so. I just logged on. I, I just uh, got. Uh, Oh, caught up in something. And oh, I, I, okay. <clears throat> Jay, I, I know that I missed last month, but it's very unprofessional of you to try and replace me with this imposter. <laughs> Who the heck is this? This um, is Chris. Chris, meet Chris. Jay, what's going on? All Jay, right. I knew a couple of months ago when you had me pre-record me questioning who I was that something might be up, but I didn't know you would use it for this. Yeah, I think that I think that works really nicely too. Hey, um, everybody listening, uh, for those of you that don't know, that is actually not Chris. That is uh, our good friend Pete Nadel, who was a previous host of the Weekly Forecast. Uh, for those of you that uh, have been listening for a while, hopefully you recognized his voice. So this month we will be joined with, by Pete as well as our regular co-host Chris. Hello, <laughs> welcome home, everybody. Welcome home to you, Pete. Thank yes. you. Welcome, it's good Welcome to be here. To Thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me on, and I'm looking forward to a lot of fun. Absolutely. As are we. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> as you said, it is, it is just like riding a bicycle, so um, just uh, try to keep up, okay? Sure. <laughs> um, so, um, 
one of the uh, uh, other new uh, things I want to get out of the way here at the beginning is just to remind everybody um, about um, the uh, forums that we have available. Besides the regular Forcecast forums over at rebelscum.com, um, there's also a comics and books section, uh, which, Chris, I think you're also you're a moderator for that section, are, are you not? That is correct. So um, that's where a lot of good discussion takes place. You can find out... Um, uh, all sorts of there, well, there are all sorts of threads on on all the current uh, books. Um, people are and often, old and old, right? Um, and comic books, and I think people offer things for sale through there uh, sometimes, yep. or at least post links to their sale uh, forum uh, listings. Yeah, it's a great place to find um, things that you're looking for for your collection, uh, especially older mm-hmm. things. People post entire collections on there, so you just uh, browse through and. Uh, I found some pretty neat things on there for a really good price, so definitely worth taking a, a look at. Yeah, I think I've gotten a. Um, I think that's where I got my entire Marvel collection at one point. Someone was getting rid of it uh, wholesale, and so I was able to pick it up. Uh, for nice. Not not too much. Um, I'll pass on the Marvel jokes. Yeah. <laughs> too easy. But yeah, I feel like I've done it. Uh, you know, anybody that's listened to me before, they know that I've done it before. Yeah, yeah. Um, Here's um, just just real quick here before we get into everything. Um, what, uh, if anything, are you guys reading right now? Um, well, I am. I've after having read Deceived, um, I've gone back and I'm rereading uh, Fatal Alliance since it occurs chronologically after Deceived. So uh, right. I'm, I'm kind of. Taking a taking a break from the new stuff for just a uh, couple weeks here and trying to catch back up with that. What about you, Pete? I just finished the third in the uh, the third book in the Darth uh, Darth Bane trilogy. Nice and uh, very much enjoyed enjoyed finishing that up. And now I'm looking to choose between uh, either uh, Luke Skywalker and the Knights of Mindor or the Death Star novel. So. Wow. Both good choices. Yeah, I enjoyed the Death Star one. That was good. So, like, as you can tell, I'm quite recent on all of my readings. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually in paperback for like a year. uh, I'm actually not reading any novel currently right now. I'm actually going through some of my older coffee table books that I have never even opened and uh, just checking those out. I I'm kind of waiting to see. I don't know. I might make uh, choices of one the next novel that I read. I think that's probably the next one that's coming out. I'll look at our list here, but. Um, you know, read the, the latest comics in um, Insider Magazine, so. Cool. Let's, yep. All right. Well, let's get into, uh, we'll start with our comics section first. We've got uh, we've got a lot of information in both the comics and book section from uh, C2E2, which is the uh, Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo, uh, which was held uh, here in March out in Chicago, obviously, of all places. And there was a lot of, uh, there were a lot of new announcements. So, um, I'm going to start, um, uh, running down a couple of these, um, titles, uh, a couple of these we've heard of before, and then they actually had some brand new, uh, information available for us. Um, they, they talked about, uh, the new Qui-Gon, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn comic series called Jedi, the dark side, which is going to start in May. Um, they had both uh, Scott Alley and Mahmoud Asrar, who is the artist and, or the writer and the artist for that, uh, on board. Um, uh, they talked about the Old Republic, the Lost Sons, which is the next uh, five-issue arc in um, the Old Republic series, um, which is written by Alexander Freed, who's the uh, was he the like the lead game designer? I think. Yeah, I think he's the head for Bioware. And uh, the 
the difference between what they're saying, the difference between this arc and the um, the previous six issues uh, are that this uh, this storyline ties directly into the game. So um, people who are interested in playing the game or who will be playing the game by the time this comes out, um, it'll it'll interweave with the, the storyline of the game. So there's a little uh, trade off there for uh, for people who want to catch from both sides. I'm guessing it's kind of like what they did with. Um, uh, Force Unleashed. Mm-hmm. You know, I know we both weren't really big fans of the uh, first two uh, mm-hmm. arcs in that series, but after reading Deceived and Fatal Alliance, I'm actually looking forward to this just to see what where they're going with it. Uh, I, see what characters we're we're going to get to see if there's any you know from the books or anything in there. Yeah, I haven't gone back at, again after reading Deceived and understanding that what's going on in the era a little bit more and trying to get the timeline uh, figured out between. Mm-hmm. The two, the two books um, and the two comic series, and knowing what order everything happens in, it actually made the comics a little more enjoyable for me. Yep. I don't know. Pete, had you taken a look at any of these when they were online or in, uh, when they got printed? Yeah, I looked at a, a couple of them, and, and I, I like the way that you put it. it. It makes it easier when you can pull the entire timeline together. Um, you, you understand it a little bit more. I think some of the excerpts, that when they pull them out, although entertaining... It doesn't give you a full breadth of what the story is, and so yeah. uh, now that maybe if you can bring them all together uh, and make it the, the complete overview a little more enjoyable. Well, I, I think the worst part is that, I mean, literally they couldn't have published these in a more backwards manner. <laughs> right. <laughs> Starting with the comics, they published the latest uh, adventure first, and then they went back 25 years before <laughs> the sacking of Coruscant for the second comic, and then they came out with Fatal Alliance, which took place... Ten years later. Yeah, well, ten years like after the sacking of Coruscant, and then Deceived came out, which was the sacking of Coruscant. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> very, yeah, very confusing for that. Um, the uh, a third series they talked about, um, which I think uh, some information had been posted on, um, on uh, Rebel Scum and TheForce.net about this. I don't remember if we mentioned this before on the show, uh, is the next story arc for the Invasion series called Revelations. Um, they're going to run out of R words here pretty soon, with uh, <laughs> because it was refugees and then um, rescues and now revelations. The next uh, one will be invasion repeat. <laughs> <laughs> They've got uh, this is coming out in July. Um, it's probably going to. I think it's either a five or six issue series. Uh, Tom Taylor is going to continue writing it. Colin Wilson's going to continue doing the art. Um, I'm. I'm. Cautiously optimistic about this, having uh, enjoyed where rescues went. Yeah, I I mean, the whole Yuzan Vong thing, it just got me all excited about it. So if they continue that storyline, which I'm sure they will, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm sure I'm going to enjoy that. Pete, are you keeping up with any of the, the comics or are those just... No, I, I've kind of fallen by the wayside. If I, if I can't get it um, in... in th- Three second doses digitally. Mm-hmm. Uh, it usually flies right past me. So I think I think once uh, they introduced Jackson the Rabbit into the Marvel series, I think that's when he kind of. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, no, they brought me back in. It, you know, I'll, just to give you the 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 full view of my comic history, I actually came back in in the early '90s when they had the Droids series, uh, yeah. uh, which um, that's for a great some reason ha- hasn't been reprinted, which. I don't quite understand, but uh, so I, I, I was very much up to it, and then, you know, as you, you tend to go with comics, you go in waves of uh, you're in and you're out, and I am at the, 
at the bottom of one of my waves. Yeah. Well, Jay, when did Jay when did the uh, omnibus come out for droids? Isn't that compile all those? Um, yeah, did uh, Oh, they did? Yeah, they did. Oh, omnibus. See? It was like the third or actually it was like the yeah. fourth omnibus, I think. So It was a while back, but they they did do that, yeah. I didn't even pay attention. See, that's that's yeah. that's where my wave is. <laughs> that's well, all right. um, uh, you can look forward to uh, to getting uh, some of the Star Wars comics digitally. Hopefully, um, they were uh, uh, Dark Horse had a new a new booth design they were uh, showcasing at C two E two that had um, uh, iPads and iPhones and other n- digital equipment around, so you could see how their new comic reader apps worked on it. Um, uh, at this point, I don't think there's any Star Wars stuff that they have ready to go, but um, it's uh, it's a new oh. program they're releasing. Call me crazy, but I, I don't know if I was them. I think I would have started with Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, uh I can understand why they wouldn't do it for a couple of reasons. I mean, one is, um, you know, it's one of their licensees, so that's, it may be a little bit more difficult to get the permission to do what they want with it. And it's Dark Horse's 25th anniversary. They want to showcase some of their own um, material to start with. So sure. they're, they were focusing on Hellboy and um, uh, I think primarily on Hellboy and a couple other uh, series, uh, some of their mm-hmm. Conan. Well, actually, Conan's one of their licensed ones as well. So, Okay. I really don't know what their uh, overall goal is, but <laughs> to tick uh, off Star Wars fans. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> and they, they, if they're trying to tick us off, they're uh, they're they're going about it the wrong way because um, yeah. Uh, here, here are a couple of the uh, new series. Uh, I think there's no less than four things that we got announcements of here. Um, yeah. So uh, Dark Times is is coming back, as everyone knew that it would. Uh, it'll be back in August, um, and it's going to have a five-issue arc uh, called Out of the Wilderness. Uh, going to continue on with Mick Harrison as the uh, writer and Doug Wheatley as the artist. And um, uh, Dark Horse uh, just revealed uh, three pages of this. I think it was it was either two or three pages of this on their Star Wars blog, which if you're not reading, you should be. Um, mm-hmm. It's at uh, darkhorse.com slash blog. And um, it's got Darth Vader hunting down Jedi, and they promise us he's going to get to use his lightsaber. So that should be pretty exciting. Um, and then the next uh, arc of Knight Errant, uh, called De- uh, Deluge is going to start in the middle of August. So uh, another, again, another five or six uh, issue arc. Uh, John Jackson Miller with Ivan Rodriguez and Iban Coelho uh, will be um, will be taking uh, part in this uh, in this series, which takes place right after the previous series of Flame and after the events of the novel. But uh, John actually assures us you don't have to. Uh, have have read those to know exactly what's going on. Jimmy Mack forward to reading that one for sure. The the book got me all excited for that character, Kira Holt, so oh, yeah. the comics coming out, I'm just like, yeah. Well it's always it. yeah, and it's always nice when you can see uh the comic character or the characters from a novel show up in a comic book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It kinda it just helps add that extra dimension. It may not be what you imagine, but uh mm-hmm. um I, I, I enjoy that. The the X Wing series did that a lot for me. There were characters that um Mike Stackpole brought in. Um, Jimmy Mack actually was able to catch up with John Jackson Miller at C2E2 and um, asked him a few questions about the new series. And so I'm going to ship it over to Jimmy right now and have him take it away. All right, here at C2E2 with John Jackson Miller, Dark Horse Comics, Delray Publishing. Um, any other stones? Uh, <laughs> we still have to. Uh, oh, too too many too many miscellaneous too many miscellaneous things to name. But yeah, 
So, of course, uh, the big buzz is about Star Wars Knight Errant. And uh, what can you tell us about the future of that title? Okay, we have just announced Star Wars Knight Errant Deluge. That is the uh, second uh, story arc uh, in comics form for Knight Errant. Uh, that is coming out in August. Okay. Uh, and uh, that is... Uh, the first story to take place after the events of the novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is several weeks after the events of the novel. Kara has finally found the uh, chance to uh, do what she's always wanted and go home to the planet that she evacuated okay. from, uh, Aquilaris. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, again, this is a big deal for her. She trained her entire life to you know, go from the Republic back to Sith space and try to free people. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, when she gets there, she realizes it's a lot easier said than done. Um, you know, the people uh, have been downtrodden and beaten for so long; it's very difficult to get anything, you know, going. And uh, you know, she has been struggling with this uh, idea of trying to do things all on her own. She right. she did not intend to come out to Sith space as a uh, solo act. Okay. Uh, she intended to be there with uh, other Jedi. Um, and we, in the first storyline, a flame which just uh, finished uh, and is going to be collected in an edition coming out, I guess, in July. Mm-hmm. Um, in that first storyline, she, uh, she you know, sort of began to set herself on the path where she realized, uh, you know, she really isn't out here to assassinate Sith Lord. She's out here to save the people as many as possible. Uh, over the course of the novel, uh, I think she began to realize that uh, it wasn't going to be something she was going to be able to do entirely alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also realized that, you know, the the kinds of allies that she might find out here uh, are, you know, usually people who are already compromised in one way or another. They're already working for the Sith. N- those people are not all necessarily untrustworthy, but on the other hand, they work for the Sith. So you just never know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, now, when we get to Deluge, we actually have a, 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 a fun thing. We hit her with what she's dreamt of, mm-hmm. uh, allies. We hit her with uh, you know, people who are able to uh, uh, people who are able to help uh, you know her advance her cause the way she thinks that she wants to do it. Uh, and for a second here, we wonder, is she going to go off the path that she set for herself? Uh, you know, we have a squadron of, uh, of fighters uh, under Jen Devad, the uh, legendary captain. Uh, she uh, is you know, tough as nails, and she's willing to fly anywhere uh, to do anything to help uh, the people. Uh, and that is, that is uh, exactly what Kara sees herself doing. Uh, of course, the question is, are they flying in the same direction? Right. Uh, and you know, I think this has been a fun storyline to write because uh, we have uh, a lot of starship combat in this one. I've really wanted to do a fighter combat specific uh, series for a while. Uh, you know, the uh, you know the novel we got really heavily into artillery combat. Uh, you know, I, I I love getting to dig into. You know how things work. Uh, in addition to telling a good story, uh, you know, with uh, you know, with the characters uh, and and how they grow. Yeah, you know, I, I I also like you know digging into the you know mechanics of how things work in the Star yeah. Wars universe. Okay, great. And is the novel a prerequisite for Deluge? Do you have to read the novel? Absolutely not. Uh, you know, every one of these stories, even every one of the comic stories, is something where you can jump into immediately, and we. You, you can understand what's going on right away. Uh, and uh, that is not to say that there are no connections. Mm-hmm. There are characters from the novel that you will see for the first time 
uh, in the Deluge comics. Oh, okay, great. And uh, again, that's uh, that's one of those things where it's just it, it's a nice little bonus for the people that have been reading. Yes. Uh, we already have in Night Errant, uh, you know, shown some of the characters that uh, appear in the novel, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for the first time visually. We've shown them. Right. So uh, I, I think that. Uh, Hopefully it'll be something where it just makes it a, a wider world, an expanded world for people. Fantastic. And um, new characters? Will we be introduced to some new characters? Yes. Uh, in addition to Captain Devad, we've also got, uh, I, I think, a, a real interesting curveball we've thrown in here. Uh, what are the huts doing oh. during this time period? Nice. Uh, anybody who looks at the uh, Star Wars Atlas will see that one of the largest territories during this period that's supposed to be under Sith rule uh, is the you know, the sprawling area that's hut space. Uh, I looked at that and I wondered how did that happen? I talked to Jason Fry, found out that there really wasn't an explanation yet, so I decided to work one out. And uh, it's a really an open question as to who's in charge of who, this, the huts or the Sith. Nice. Uh, we end up with basically uh, one of the huts making a play for uh, power out here in the sector that we've introduced here. The uh, uh, yeah, he he comes in and is really sort of a curveball. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a he's a he's a he's an X factor. Uh, you know he's he's the guy that's coming in to you know uh, get a piece of the action for himself. Uh, and how is that going to change the dynamics that we've already set up in Knight Errant uh, you know, of all of these Sith uh, Sith lords battling each other? Uh, yeah, and now to have this third party come in, yeah, uh, it's a mess. Right. Uh, and and as usual, when there's a mess, there is Kara Holt running around in the middle somewhere. <laughs> so that presents a real wild card. Yeah, I think so. Excellent, excellent. And I, I asked you about Knights of the Old Republic last year at C2E2. Um, has there been any talk about bringing back Zane Carrick and the crew for maybe another adventure? There's always talk. Uh, anything's possible. Uh, you know, there, there are little uh, story threads from Knights of the Old Republic mm-hmm. that we picked up on in the Night Errant novel. Yes. Uh, folks who read the Lost Tribe of the Sith uh, ebooks that I do for Del Rey uh, will see that we just did a, a couple of stories uh, that have a direct uh, uh, sequel effect uh, to what happened in Knights of the Old Republic. They were set at the same time. Uh, as the Knights of the Old Republic stories. Right. Uh, and, of course, that is going to be collected into a, an edition that I'm writing for uh, Del Rey for the summer of 2012. I, I will say that anything's possible. Those characters uh, those characters were parked. They're not dead. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we'll see. And, uh, once again, when can we expect Deluge, Night Air, and Deluge to be released? Uh, Deluge is, uh, is slated for... Uh, August of uh, 2011, mm-hmm. and uh, that's right after the uh, Night Errant uh, Aflame trade paperback comes out in July. Perfect, perfect. And um, plans to continue on with Night Errant beyond that story arc? There are plans to keep writing comics. Uh, I, <laughs> I certainly would, uh, you know, I, I think there are a whole lot of opportunities in this mm-hmm. timeline. Uh, we have only met a handful of the Sith Lords that are uh, running around fighting at this time. Uh, we don't really know what's going on in the Republic at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think there are so many opportunities out there. Uh, you know, as, as long as people keep buying the comics, I, I'd like to keep writing them. Perfect, perfect. Well, John Jackson Miller, feeling better? You <laughs> missed you missed yesterday. Yeah, but I'm a trooper. I show up. When excellent, I can. <laughs> excellent. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. It's great to see you again. And uh, thanks for taking the time out to talk to us uh, on the Forecast. Right, thanks, Jimmy. All right, my man. All right, thanks, Jimmy, for. Uh, 
having that nice interview with John Jackson Miller. Um, a couple other things that um, we also, uh, well, one other thing that we knew was coming uh, prior to um, C2E2 was Crimson Empire 3. Um, fans uh, of this series have uh, been waiting for this issue for, I don't know, it's like a decade now, I think. or Back in the 90s, I think, 97, 96? Yeah. Crimson Empire 2? I think so. And yeah. they had announced uh, Crimson Empire 3 shortly after it, and then it just n- never materialized. They did a, um, there was a, uh, like a newspaper series that was shipped to uh, comic stores called Dark Horse Extra, and it had a Kirkanos uh, story in it um, that was ostensibly the lead-in for Crimson Empire 3, just to kind of mm-hmm. show what he was doing after, um, after uh, Crimson Empire 2. But nothing ever happened with that. And um, every time I'd see Randy Strandley at a convention, I'd ask him, hey, when's Crimson Empire 3 coming? And he would basically say, when hell froze over. Huh. <laughs> and I, yeah, I noticed it's been much colder lately. It, it has. I wasn't sure what it was. Now I know. Well, I guess uh, um, there was a blog that happened. Dark Horse did some kind of blog uh, video interview, and Mike... Richardson, who is the other, he, well, he's the he's the uh, like the editor in chief of uh, Dark Horse Comics, made mention a couple years ago that oh, and they're going to be doing Crimson Empire three, and uh, and then Randy really had trouble at conventions because well, if the <laughs> if your boss is saying that you're doing the uh, doing the series and you're still denying it, you know what's going on. I did read that they were having a lot of issues with coming up with a story because they kept having to change it. They would come up with something, yeah. and then um, you know Lucasfilm would be getting ready to delve into a specific you know character or timeline, and they would have to change everything they did. So after that couple of attempts, it sounds like they just said, "You know what? We're just going to put this on the shelf for a while." But I'm glad to see it finally coming out. Yeah, they're they're going to do a. Um, there's going to be I think an eight page uh, either prequel or preview or or something along those lines in the new uh anthology series that they're launching dark horse presents which is going to come out in mid-april uh so fans are probably going to want to pick up a copy of that um it sounds like that that book's going to have a bunch of other cool stuff going on there's um it's got variant covers and uh, there's going to be a um, frank miller story in it that's going to be a sequel or a prequel to his 300 series that he did about the spartan war so um there's some there's some other cool things to recommend that that book as well but uh for star wars fans crimson empire 3 uh and dark horse presents number one uh coming out uh april 20th and then the probably the biggest announcement uh a brand new series um there's stuff on starwars.com about this we posted on rebel scum on the force.net uh dark horse has a lot of information on their site and it's called agent of the empire and this is a six-issue miniseries coming out in December, and uh, John Ostrander is actually writing it, but um, Jan Dersima is not involved. It's going to have art by uh, Stefan Rue, who is um, uh, he's also doing the covers for the Qui-Gon series, the Jedi of the Dark Side. Yep. Um, I guess this, this takes place a little bit before um, uh, A New Hope and, and features a, a, an, a, an officer for the... Uh, for the Empire, it's kind of, what do you say, it was like James Bond James, meets... Yeah, James Bond meets Star Wars. Yeah. So, <clears throat> this should uh, this looks like it's going to be an interesting series. The uh, little uh, cover image that they, they teased us with sounds, sounds really interesting. And um, John Ostrander also let us know that he and Jan Dersima were working on something else. It wasn't Legacy at this point, uh, 
and they can't talk about it, but they are <laughs> they are going to be doing something else together, uh, or you know, some sort of new series. You know, what's worrying me here is that typically when you see all these new titles come out, that means that some of the old ones are going away. Um, are we really going to have this many titles running all at one time, or are they just going to start fading something out here? It's got me a little worried. Well, um, a couple of these are just mini series, so yeah. like Jedi: The Dark Side and The Old Republic, uh, which may The Old Republic may be a continuing series off and on, you know, with arcs, but it's not listed as sort of one of their full time, yeah, yeah full time titles. Um, Invasion is a full time title; it just alternates arcs with with dark times, except they're they're kind of sunk up again. It seems like they were supposed yeah. to be alternating dark times. A uh, Knight Errant is. Again, one of their continuing ones. They don't really have a monthly anymore, like they like they used to um, yep. when Kotor and Legacy were out. Um, so it's yeah, it's hard to say. I, I I mean, I think it's great. I'm glad they have all this stuff. It looks like yep. at any one point here. I mean, come the end of the year, we we're probably going to have four, five, like five or six um, titles coming out in a month, which is great because awesome. right That's now, awesome. yeah, right now, what is it? Two. Yeah, we got two titles right now. Stop so. by your comic book store once a month, and you get one comic. You're like, oh. yeah, <clears throat> I, yeah. I everybody been for is celebrating this except for my wallet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've been hearing that a lot. People have actually um, they've been they've been they've been praising us, uh, saying, "Hey, uh, I'm glad to know that all this cool stuff's coming out, except that my wallet hates you guys." <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I you know I I'd like to see a monthly title. I mean, it's just it's just something about that 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 makes it um you know the the continuity of just having a monthly title i know i can always rely on it because with these miniseries you know they they finish one and if they decide not to do anything else with that yeah you know what, what are you going to get uh, the the cool news is with dark times uh continuing and i'd have to i'll have to check on this and uh, i'll report back next month but <clears throat> dark times continues the numbering from the Star Wars Republic series in the uh, little text in the bottom. Um, even though it's called Dark Times, there'll be a parenthesis and it says Republic issue number X. Uh, and I think they're up to like 101 or something like that. I think that's cool. I Repu- think that's... Yeah, Republic continues the numbering from the Dark Horse Star Wars comic. So, you know, uh, Republic went 80-some, 88 issues, I think. Mm-hmm. So... Dark Times has been continuing it since then, and hopefully they will continue doing that, which means that at some point in, I think, this next Dark Times arc, we should eclipse um, 107 issues that uh, nice. Marvel did. That's awesome. Um, well, that's awesome. That's some good stuff. Uh, thanks for that report from C2E2. Well, thanks to Jimmy Mack for, for getting Jimmy, the, Yeah, Yeah, he, uh, he was out there uh, doing... Um, uh, Twitter posts, uh, which uh, I collected and, and wrote a little story on, and as well as getting some audio. He uh, he also has some great audio. Um, if you check back on the last couple uh, weekly Force casts, uh, he's got an interview, uh, at least one interview with um, a guy from uh, Del Rey, one of the editors at Del Rey, and uh, thanks for providing that uh, John Jackson Miller clip to us as well. Absolutely. Um, looking like for March here, uh, when this comes out, obviously it'll be April, but um, we just had three things that were supposed to come out. But one of the things I wanted to ask you, Jay, uh, at War with the Empire Omnibus, did you get this? Yeah, yeah, that was. Did you have it? Yeah, it was out on my shelves. I think I had posted uh, originally when it came out. I think I posted the wrong week. Okay, when well, it came out. Um, I've been asking my comic shop for about three weeks now. Hey, did you guys get this? No, it hasn't come out yet. And I said, I think it has. It's supposed to come out on the 9th of March. So looks like they missed something. 
it's part of my pull list. Mm. Um, yeah, that's weird because um, I'm just. Uh, I mean, I got a. I actually got a preview copy of it, but um, it's. Um, you know, Dark Horse lists it. You can buy it at uh, Things from Another World, which is right. their uh, their comic shop. So yeah, maybe maybe it's just your your shop then. Interesting. Uh, we also got Legacy War number four coming out uh, on the thirtieth, as well as the third issue of Darth Vader and the Lost Command. Uh, moving into April for this month, uh, we've got an adventures coming out on the twentieth called Boba Fett and the Ship of Fear. The Dark Horse Presents that you were talking about also comes out that day with mm-hmm. the Crimson Empire preview. Uh, looks like a week later we get Legacy War number five, as well as Darth Vader and Lost Command number four, and the Invasion Rescues trade paperback. Yep, a lot of stuff at the end of the month again, so you kind of, kind of like I said, it's kind of hit and miss here. Yeah, it is, uh, they did kind of wait till the end of April here for a lot of stuff, didn't they? Yeah, well, a number. I think a couple other things got shifted around, and and the, yeah. and uh, we, obviously all these announcements are coming out. You know, we, there's stuff start new stuff starting in May. Um, I'm thinking maybe they uh, got delayed on a couple things, and we're hoping to fill in in April and and uh, or March and April at some point, maybe with something else, and it just slipped, maybe due to scheduling yeah. or something like that. I'm so looking, in addition, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, I'm looking forward to the uh, the the new Boba Fett uh, Star Wars Adventures. Um, uh, title um, those yeah. those Star Wars Adventure. It's when the, the this is the um, the digest that's like I think it's like seven ninety nine, mm-hmm. and um, it's usually geared towards younger readers. Um, but uh, there's there's always entertaining. Cool, yeah, it's entertaining. There's cool stuff going on in there. And um, uh, Jeremy Barlow, who was a uh, uh, who, who's written for Star Wars as well as being a, an editor on a couple uh, titles previously, is coming back to do the uh, writing chores for this. So and he always. Uh, he he brings a lot of history with him, and so it's uh, so that's pretty good. Pete, have you read any of those digests? Uh, I haven't, but I have to say that it, and, and we'll talk about this uh, a little bit later as well. I, it's a little bit sad that I enjoy this stuff geared towards younger readers more than I <laughs> used to, uh, probably more than some of the other stuff. Most of it has to do with the fact that I'm a slow reader, um, mm-hmm. and it, you know the large print and the, the pretty colors help me. But um, I, I do like that they that they've tiered it a little bit um, because I, you know, one of the complaints that uh, I've heard from folks since star Wars came out is, you know, why isn't it this way? Because I think this way when, and and that's an adult talking, whereas Mm -hmm. to make it for a kid audience who is really uh, the main audience, at least as far as George is concerned, um, you know, that, you have to keep some of those elements alive. So the fact that they sure. tiered it a little bit and made it um, so that they can go a little darker in some of the other stuff, but then still have some stuff that, that kids will enjoy and that are, are true to the, to the franchise and to the storylines. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate that they, they do a little bit of extra effort. Um, you know, of course they get their, their money out of it, but yeah, we well, enjoy I, it as well. Yeah. And you don't have, well, the, the, the other great thing about these is, you know, you just pick one up and you can read it, and you don't have to know what episode or what issue came before it. You don't have to. Yep. It's not. A, it's not like it's continued in the next issue. It's these are like eighty pages, which is a lot of story actually for the price uh, when you come to think about it. And it's just you know uh, I don't know how, depending on how long it takes you to read it, anywhere from like thirty minutes to an hour of uh, of enjoyment that you can get out of it. They're usually really well illustrated, and um, it's always an entertaining story. And it's Star Wars, you know. It's kids or not kids, um, you know, more adult themed or anything like that. It's it's still Star Wars, and I still enjoy you know seeing it like 
that last one, the, ha- the Hands of Sean Jew. That, I really enjoyed that because it was a story in a place we'd never gone before, and it was just different. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a refreshing change from the regular comics or you know the movies that were so accustomed to seeing. Yeah. Well, and also speaking about the, um, uh, I was just reminded of this that Pete talking about you know how how certain things are still geared towards kids. Um, uh, Dark Horse also made mention that they are looking to do more integration with the um, the Clone Wars series, mm-hmm. which is. Uh, which is interesting. So um, maybe we'll see some more either direct tie-ins or um, ho- obviously uh, I would hope they would continue with the digest that they're doing, like the Shanju one that you just mentioned, Chris. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, there's there's going to be more um, more stories in that uh, in that time frame. And actually, Free Comic Book Day is going to have uh, a Clone Wars story in it as well. So nice. I'm I'm glad that Star Wars is back. Free Comic Book Day. I hate when they miss out on that. Oh yeah, and I I think it was in the in the last episode when I was talking about that I said you know we were on like our fourth or fifth actually I think this is the sixth uh, free comic book day uh, Star Wars comic which I I was looking again I couldn't believe there have been that many but um, yeah. yeah they've they've been doing this for quite a while and yeah I agree it's always good to to see that back. Okay, let's put the E and the U in our super-duper computer! The galaxy is listening. All right, well, we have some crazy news for books. Um, I'm really excited to talk about this uh, this month here. We have some more news from C2E2. Um, what uh, What's the big announcement here, Jay, for the... Uh... <laughs> well, there were... Um, so there was a Del Rey panel on the Friday night there... Um, uh, Jimmy wasn't able to to get in and, and be tweeting information from that, but I had talked to um, Arish, who's the uh, 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 editor at uh, Del Rey that uh, works on a number of these books. And um, what they talked about is they ta da da finally confirmed making of Return of the Jedi by J W Rinsler. So um, no. yeah, so I know we were all holding our breath like that wasn't <laughs> going to get made, right? We're going to yeah. have like these two giant books on our shelf, and then there's going to be a whole. But um, we'll have that old paperback one from uh, the '80s. Yes, you know, the yeah, of. <laughs> yeah. The, like Philip Peacher, I want to say, is the uh, author on that. Just uh, yeah, pull that out of recesses in my mind. <laughs> um, nice. I think I I still have the making of uh, VHS tape that I can go back to in, <laughs> nice. in case this, this still falls through. So okay, <laughs> at least we're covered. You know, print and video if we need to be. Good. It Good. was uh, very soon after this announcement came, we saw, I think, J.W. Rensler announced that, uh, starting a research tomorrow on the uh, Jedi. That's cool. Yep. He's been posting a lot of information on his Twitter feed about yep. all the various projects he's working on. Hey, and Pete, I'll just let him know in case that, you know, anything falls through that you do have the videotape in case he wants to, <laughs> you know, get some notes from you or something like that. Well, well, I'd be happy to share it, and uh, you know, it may be um, you know buried in there with a couple episodes of the Cosby Show or something like that. But we'll be able to pull it out. You got some pudding bops for me. <laughs> um, they also, Erish uh, uh, also uh, announced that. Um, uh, well, people had heard previously um, that. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, and Darth Maul, Shadowhunter, are going to be re-released as paperback editions um, next year in uh, 2012 um, to coincide with Episode One in 3D. 
what uh, we did just find out is that James Luceno was also writing uh, two short stories, one for each of the two books, um, both featuring Darth Maul. And so in addition to the, uh, the Shadowhunter story and its um, short story that was also included, Saboteur, which had been an, uh, an e-book edition originally, there's going to be another short story. So two short stories plus Shadowhunter. And then Phantom Menace is going to have a, a short story in it as well. Um, I'll get some people to buy that again. Yeah, that's going to get me to buy it again. <laughs> I feel like Darth Maul has had more post-death releases than Tupac Shakur. Yeah. <laughs> he has. He, he, just, he just won't go away. I mean, his estate must be wealthy by now. Well, I don't know if you've been keeping up with the Clone Wars, Pete, but Darth Maul may not actually be dead. <laughs> He'll always be dead to me. You know, <laughs> oh. Tupac may not oh. be dead. I don't know. Oh, that's wow. funny. Don't what? let... Uh, don't let Suge Knight hear you say that. Um, <laughs> oh, he knows. Okay. And uh, finally, the other, big, uh, the other big information they had for us was um, uh, uh, along the same lines, short stories, um, people who have gotten the new issue of Star Wars Insider, uh, number 124, which is the one with uh, Chewbacca and um, uh, Ahsoka on the Soka. cover. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's got a short story about Darth Malgus uh, from Paul Kemp's um, novel, um, deceived, um, and the short story is called the third lesson. It's a little, I don't know what it's it, like. A, it's five page. Yeah, it's like yeah, five page kind of um, intro With to pictures. the character. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what it is. It's really uh, interesting. If you've read Deceived, um, you know, going back and reading that story, it really gives you some insight into the character uh, that he is and why he is the way he is. Is his father actually teaching him lessons? Um, you know, and it's not oh you know, here's how to be evil. It's just him giving his input on life in general. And that's, that's what he became because of his lessons as a child. So it's pretty neat. And uh, I, I, I'm glad that once again here, we're seeing insider magazine coming into the fray here uh, as something you have to read every month. It's not, uh, it's not what it used to be. It's, it's exclusive stuff. You're definitely going to want to pick that up because they're going to have these short stories in here. So, yeah, hopefully um, for for people that don't subscribe or can't get Insider or who miss one of these uh, issues, um, hopefully they'll be able to get the short story in some other fashion, perhaps um, with the. You'll see. Um, you'll see them standing in the uh, checkout line, just <laughs> reading, just reading the five pages. That's what. Yeah, and then because yeah, you know Star Wars Insider is always right up there at the checkout line at my grocery yeah. store, it's right next to the uh, Weekly World News and People. <laughs> So, um, but uh, in next month's issue, uh, 125, there's going to be a short story by Christy Golden um, about uh, Vistara Kai called First Blood. And then following that, in 126, uh, there's going to be a Timothy Zahn short story called Buyer's Market. Uh, Pete, do you know who's uh, featured in this short story? Do I ever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> our, our good buddy Lando Calrissian uh, is going to be in this one, and uh, it's going to take place in the same time and, and be a tie-in to the um, Star Wars Choices of One uh, title that, uh, that Zahn's got coming out later this, uh, later this summer. Can't wait. So, yeah, all sorts of, all sorts of good stuff coming in there. So, um, like you said, Chris, it's, it's great to see that um, Insider is really – um, continuing to step up and, and become kind of a must-read magazine, um, yeah. having gone from that. I think for a, a couple of years, a lot of us felt that it was just that title that, you know, well, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm still subscribing and I get it, but there's really nothing new in there that I haven't heard on the Internet. Um, 
you know. Yeah, it, it was really that. That's what it was. The internet was was putting the news out there. StarWars.com and all the other uh, you know avenues. There it was. You find everything out, and you get the magazine, and pretty pictures is about all you got. So yeah, yeah. Not like that anymore. Um, we have uh, several books actually coming out that have come out or are coming out. Um, just run down this list real quick here. Uh, the Clone Wars Secret Missions number three, Duel at Shatter Rock from Scholastic. Uh, the Old Republic Deceived, which uh, that comes out on the 22nd, which is that's already out um, by Paul S. Kemp. We got a great interview coming up with him. Uh, Star Wars Crack Book by Bonnie Burton. Are you picking that up, either of you? I will probably be getting a copy of that, yeah. Peter, you a crafty not person? Crafty. No. no, I have terrible hands. <laughs> And everything just comes out looking like a piece of paper that's been cut up and smashed and then thrown into yeah. the garbage. So I, I look at that. I'll, I'll probably look at the pictures, but yeah, I look at that and I just think there's no way it would look like that if I if I tried to attempt it. There's some, um, there's some cool stuff in there that I think uh, my my boys and I might have fun like uh, trying to work out, or maybe you know it'll give us some ideas as to. Uh, something we could do it's like oh you know we we don't want to do it like like bonnie describes it uh but maybe we uh you know we can do something else similar and mm-hmm. get our own idea coming from it sure um we got battles for the galaxy by dan wallace um this is april 18th release date um i'm trying to remember we had a little excerpt about that and i'm not seeing it now you have any you have that no, I don't. Yeah, I don't have that up here. Um, but it's a it's a hardcover book that's gonna. Um, it's it's it looks like it fits in with the. Um, uh, it's by DK, so it looks like it fits in with the other um, uh, visual guides. But yeah. it's uh, there's a little more substance to it. It's kind of. Uh, it, I think it's a lot like the mysteries. Uh, what is it? Mysteries of the Jedi. I think was the last mm-hmm. um, one that uh, that came out. Uh, either actually, it must have been in February when that one came out. Yeah. Um, and Dan had been uh, tweeting some information about this, but uh, not. I haven't seen any of the the galleys or the content pages for it yet. Thirteen bucks though, so it's definitely not going to be a hard one to track down there. Yeah, that and again, well, maybe you just go sit in the kids section at your local Barnes and Noble, you know, in the little <laughs> chair, and you can uh, you can look through that. Yep, uh, we've got the Clone Wars Boba Fett Jedi Hunter. It's a DK Young Readers book coming out on the 18th as well, and a Jedi Adventure in 3D by Bobla Hidalgo. Uh, for $10 on April 20th. And then uh, Fate of the Jedi number 5 Allies comes to paperback in April 26th. Yep, so for all you people that uh, are not wanting to pony up for the hardcovers for that, uh, that's available, and I'm sure How's it's going to... time. Yep, should have a preview for, I think, uh, uh, book number 7, probably, in the yeah. back of that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad this change here, uh, Star Wars Riptide, um, got a new cover. Yeah. Had you seen it's, the cover for this, Pete? Yes. The original cover? <laughs> yes. Giovanni Ribisi cover? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I couldn't place who I thought it was. I knew it, <laughs> That's it was familiar, <laughs> yeah. but I couldn't figure out who I thought it was. So It, it was like that uh, statue for, um, what was it, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi that uh, looked really, really good, and then when it came out, they had replaced the head with someone that didn't look like um, Ewan McGregor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The release date for this uh, was supposed to be July. It's been pushed back to November, so I uh, have to wait a little little bit longer for that. But it's okay because the covers changed. <laughs> <laughs> I was, it was all worth it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's uh, it, it, they um, 
they also released a cover for uh, Shadow Games, which is the uh, formerly titled Hollow Star. Um, yep. I, I know we had uh, that coming out, uh, and that's also coming out at the, at the end of the year. I want to say it's uh, September, October, something like that, I think, as well. Um, um, I just want to follow up quickly to our uh, Vortex review that uh, Eric uh, provided uh, uh, last month on the show. We were talking about having some sort of uh, primer for f- uh, New Jedi Order and Fate of the Jedi and stuff like that. Well, if people pick up the new um, hardcover for Deceived in the back after the um, little About the Author section, there's a... Mm, I don't know, it's probably about 10 or 12 pages here called uh, Fate of the Jedi, The Saga Continues. And it's got a little introduction to the uh, where the galaxy is. And uh, then there's a little kind of a bio, uh, anywhere from one to uh, part, uh, from like two, I guess two pages to parts of a page on the different main characters. So like you can find out what happened to Han Solo during... Um, the New Jedi Order and uh, Legacy of the Force and, and like where he's at uh, when Fate of the Jedi starts. And it covers all the main characters, Leah, Han, Luke, Lando, uh, Luke's son, Ben. And then it gets into a number of the other uh, uh, supporting characters, Jaina, Jagfell, uh, the New Jedi Order, and gives a little blip on uh, the different characters there. And then you it's... get a um, uh, chapter one of, or part of chapter one of uh, Outcast. It's becoming common practice to see these excerpts and previews of the upcoming books in the back of other novels, but I think this is the first time we've seen like bios with pictures on these characters in the back of a book, isn't it? Yeah, I don't recall seeing anything like this other than maybe um, in some of the scholastic uh, titles where they, right. they might have done something like that just to, just to catch the, uh, the younger readers up. Yeah, but in these adult novels here, I think that's the first time. That's that's neat. I hope they continue that. That's a, yeah. a nice feature. Yeah, and it's kind of a shame that we have to wait until you know after the sixth um, book in the series for them to release this because I don't recall having seen this in any of the previous hardcovers. Um, I mean, like you said, usually there's an excerpt from a an upcoming book in the back, so most of the time I just kind of flip by it and and don't pay too much attention. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of uh, fortunate that I noticed this, uh, and it was timely given uh, the discussion Eric and I had last last month. But um, you know, if if they sh- th- this should have come out at the same time as Outcast, and maybe you know followed along with the with the first two books of the series just to get everybody up to speed, because at this yeah. point, you know, well, anybody who's not going to read it. They're not, you know, well, I'm, maybe they're thinking that people are going to read Deceived and they're going to see that and they're going, oh, here's a, this is a good st- stepping in point and I can go get, you know, the first five paperbacks now at the end of, mm-hmm. at the end of uh, April here and then, you know, get into the story that way. But yeah. I'd, like to, I'd like to see more of that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, even, if it's, uh, even if they publish that kind of stuff as an e-book or a PDF or something that we can get online, I think would be cool too. Absolutely. Well, we had the uh, pleasure of sitting down with Paul Kemp, uh, author of Deceived and uh, Riptide, what we were just talking about, the upcoming Riptide and Cross Current, uh, which was the, the book that's a sequel for. And uh, we spent some time talking to him uh, about his new book and the future of his Star Wars writing. Paul Kemp. Hey, Paul, this is Chris and Jay from Jedi Journalist. How are you? Hey, good. How are you guys? Very well, very well. Thanks good. for taking some time to talk to us. So, this is your first uh, hardcover Star Wars novel, Deceive, that's coming out here. How does that feel? Feels good. You know, it's nice. It's nice when uh, 
one of my novels comes out in a, kind of a more long-lasting format like that. So, although you know we're in the process of moving to uh, to eBooks here, so you know I don't know how long. I suppose the hardcover will be long for be around for a long time. I'm not so sure about mass market paperbacks these days. We'll see. Yeah, that's that's true. But it feels good, man. It feels you know it's nice. It's um, this is actually only the second hardcover book that I've ever had. I've had a couple of trade paperbacks, but uh, this is only my second hardcover. So it's awesome. When nice, the nice. when the folks from Del Rey um, uh, pitched this to you, did did you know at that time that it was going to be a hardcover, or is it just they just commissioned you to write a story, and at that at some point they decide it's going to be a hardcover within their? Uh, no, I schedule? knew th- th- this one. I knew would be a hardcover right from the outset. They had planned on uh, this being a hardcover release right out of the gate. Great, nice. So the first portion of your book, um, Deceive, is uh, and, and actually the cinematic trailer that we saw back in November of '09 are basically mirror images of each other. Uh, mm-hmm. Were they, were you given some key elements to work with to come up with what you did in your book, or was the whole thing made up on, on your you know on your story? Um, do you mean that that the sequence that that features the sacking of the temple? Yes. Or in general, yeah. Basically, what happened was they Del Rey, you know, said, "Listen, we we want to write a novel that that features some of the characters." Or, uh, and some of the events, perhaps, that, that may feature prominently in the in the forthcoming game. So, are mm-hmm. you interested? I said, yeah. And they said, all right, here's a bunch of information. Take a look at this and and tell us what you are right. They, they did want me to feature have a story that featured Malgus. So, um, I took a look at uh, what they had in terms of some of Malgus's background, some of the background associated with with uh, the status of the galaxy at, a, at particular points in time. And after reviewing it, I said, here's what I want to do. I want to tell a story that's really um, constrained in terms of the time in which it occurs. Mm-hmm. I want to start it right at, essentially right at the beginning of the, at least more or less, right at the beginning of the, the cinematic trailer. I want that to be the big event from the beginning of the novel, so the sacking of the temple. And then what I really want to be dealing with here is the impact of the sacking on a couple of uh, key people, including Malgus. So uh, that's that's the direction we went. So then, you know, I, I, I eyeballed that trailer and tried to um, um, describe the action, at least consistent with the trailer, and then to give it some additional substance since you're in the characters' heads as these things are mm-hmm. going on and so forth. So, so yeah, that, that, that was a big part of it. Yeah, cool. and, you're, and you're not kidding when you talk about um, having a constrained timeline for the book. I think the entire story takes place over two days total. Yeah, two two or three days. I think that's right. Yeah, so um, I, 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 it was great as uh, as we got to the part where the trailer, you know, started. Let's say um, uh-huh. I'm like, oh, I need to go back and watch the trailer to uh, to really yep. get get pumped up for this. I thought that was really neat. Um, you've also um, besides uh, Deceived, which is um, out on uh, March 22nd. Um, You've also got a short story, uh, a five-page short story that's appearing in this month's um, Star Wars Insider, number 124, called The Third Lesson. Uh, what, can, uh-huh. what can you share with our listeners about that? Um, well, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I, I think I, I, saw, I saw online today that at least a few people are starting to comment on it, so I think subscribers have probably received it. It is a, um, it's a fairly short um, kind of thing. It only runs about 3,000 words that is set in the immediate aftermath of the uh, Sith, ultimately their defeat in the Battle of Alderaan. So it, it features, obviously, Darth Malgus prominently, and, and the goal there is to, the goal with the story was to try to give some sense of his 
uh, formative years via a couple of key flashbacks and to tie that into events that are occurring in the present of the story and thereby to give some insight into his uh, psychology. Because he's a bit of, at least I like to think, he's a bit of an unusual Sith Lord in in the way that he sort of, um, the way that his mind works. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if um, if I could just speculate on what I think the uh, the future of Malgus is going to hold after after the events in Deceived, um, he's going to meet a, a cruel accident someday um, flying around on shuttles because he keeps opening doors on shuttles while they're still flying <laughs> through the sky, <laughs> and yeah. and uh, at some some point he's going to lose his grip. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Um, did you and Sean Williams uh, talk about your stories to kind of get a feel for where you were going to go so it all flowed given the somewhat similar timeline that both Deceived and Fatal Alliance are set in? You know, we didn't. Uh, I didn't have any interaction with Sean at all. I knew that um, he was writing or had written Fatal Alliance at the time that I was writing uh, Deceived, mm-hmm. but b- because of the subject matter of my story and the subject matter of his and where they they exist uh, in time, it really, it really wasn't all that necessary. You know, I mean, the characters that, that he features do not appear in my novel except in cameos. I mean, Satil Shan right. appears briefly. And, and as far as I know, none of the characters, again, except for Satil Shan uh, from Deceived actually appear in Sean's novel. So they're really designed to be standalone. So okay. be, because of the directions that I think we each decided to go, there wasn't any particular need to, to communicate in that way. Now, that's different than my experience with, with Cross Current when I did that. After I submitted the outline there, and we started to develop some connections between the events of Cross Current, which occur that novel occurs, some of it occurs in the ancient past, but a lot of it occurs right after the legacy of the Force series. But many of the events in Cross Current actually connect to or relate to some things that happen in the subsequent Fate of the Jedi series. So mm-hmm. there, I had considerable interaction with with Troy and Christie and and so on, and, and Shelley Shapiro, our editor, Del Rey, and Sue Rostoni kind of kind of were running running interference on that, making sure everything connected up and so forth. Okay. Speaking of, uh, of the characters in, um, in, your, in your novels here, um, I was really struck by uh, Z-Man, or, or Zirid, as uh, mm-hmm. his name is. Um, where, where do you come up with, uh, for, for these brand new characters that, that you're just bringing into being that haven't appeared in other books, where, you, where do you take your uh, inspiration from for those? You know, that's a good question. I... I... I'll tell you something that, that another writer once said, and I think there's truth to this, and this will eventually get get around to an answer, but, but every professional writer brings to the table certain things that are just, um, that they're very good at that, that, that are just kind of inherent to, to who they are. And, you know, for me, uh, for some that might be plotting, for some people just might have enormous talent with, with writing prose, some people, you know, might have a great ear for dialogue and that kind of thing. But for me, it's always been, I've just, I, I, for whatever reason, I'm just I, I, I'm I find it easy to develop what I what I think are generally compelling, fairly dramatically complicated characters. Mm. So it, it, I usually don't have a lot of trouble with that kind of thing, and I I don't know if it comes from you know I'm a corporate lawyer by day, which in a lot of that job is negotiation. So you get pretty handy at at eyeballing body language and understanding what motivates people and so on. Maybe that's part of it, mm-hmm. or maybe I was maybe I was just sort of okay at that right at the start. And that's why I got into corporate law and ultimately into writing. I don't know, but but the upshot is characters for me are usually are, aren't that difficult. So inspiration from everywhere. One of the things that that was important to me with with Zirid 
was um, that uh, fatherhood was going to play a key role for him. I've got, you know, twin six-year-old boys, and um, so fatherhood kind of still feels relatively new to me, and that the profound change that happened to me when we, when my wife and I had the boys mm-hmm. is still real fresh in my mind. So when it came to Zerid, you know, I obviously wanted to have, he wanted to have a background as a soldier. I wanted to have him have a fairly complicated uh, family history as it relates to his wife and so on, but I also wanted fatherhood to be kind of the big, the big thing that drives him. Yeah. So, so really, that's that's just it. I mean, I, I'm not entirely sure where the particulars come from. There's, uh, you know, these things. It's like uh, some of these spring forth from your. I don't know. You, you you start noodling a particular concept, and I think, okay, former soldier, very serious guy, and. And I had him a chain smoker, incidentally, <laughs> in, the, in the initial draft, but, but they, they wouldn't let that fly. So. Well, I, I've also uh, heard from, from authors who say, you know, they start working with a character, you know, as you, as you indicate, you, your initial uh, driving force was that you wanted him to be a father. And then some mm-hmm. authors will say, you know, I, that's where I wanted the character to go, but he told me other things, or, you know, they told me how they wanted their character to be. Did, did you find that? Uh-huh. Be, uh, because, Zero, like you said, he's very compelling, and... He went in places that I, I do not recall having read characters in the Star Wars universe go, and and I thought that was very exciting and fresh. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, you know, characters do... I, I, I probably wouldn't characterize it as the character took off, you know, kind of on their own. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, authors, we all sometimes talk that way, but at the end of the day, I mean, these are our, these are our creations, and, you know, we're we're sort of driving the decision tree. But, but you know, there, there is a point, and this happens in every novel I write, I'll develop the character concept, and I've got it, and I feel like, yeah, I've got it, that's pretty good. And then I start writing the novel, and there is a point that comes in the novel, and it varies, sometimes it happens really early, sometimes it happens a little bit later, where you get the voice of the character exactly right. And, and at that point, I, I, you know, you're so immersed in the guy or the or the gal, and you've got their background in mind, and everything seems to be clicking on all cylinders. And at that point, they, they, I suppose they kind of do take over. I mean, at least in the sense that that speaking through them becomes quite easy because you just you kind of grok them big time. You know, you just have it at that right. point. And it, and that happened for me with Zero Cree early on because he's the character. Uh, um, someone asked me this uh, in context. They said, well, who's your, sort of your favorite character of the three main characters in the novel? And that's always hard to do to pick one, but if I was really forced to choose, it probably would be Zerid. And for me, it, it, you know, as I mentioned before, this this fatherhood thing being so critical to him made, um, made me grok him a lot earlier than I might have otherwise. So I, I just sort of got his motivation. Oh, you know, the, the sort of the, the pillars of his character are he's a former soldier, so he knows what it is to to, to kill people in a cause. That's just that, that's mm-hmm. who he is. That's what he's been trained to do. And then his cause today is his family, his daughter. So you know, the, the, filtered through those lenses, you know, a lot of his decisions become um, much more understandable. Sure, I uh, I'll echo what Jay just said. I mean, I can't remember the last time, and I already told you this. I think a, a week or two in an email, but I can't remember the last time there was such emotion and feeling in a Star Wars book. Um, Particularly Darth Malgus, uh, he he reminded me of Vader, and not just because he was dressed similar to him on the cover, but yeah. his thought process, his mannerisms—he was very much the same as Vader in that he has an attachment in Alina, and that he, uh, uh, which affects him kind of like Padme affected Anakin, and you know he has obviously a problem with authority, just like Anakin did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's right. 
it's um I, I appreciate you guys saying that. You know, the, the the real goal I have in writing any novel is to to kind of setting aside all the other stuff that you want to do. You want to tell the compelling story. You want to have interesting characters and all that. But, but 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 the end game is to elicit a kind of emotional response in the reader, such that they, mm-hmm. they you know they they come away from it with with some with some emotional charge to one degree or another. Sometimes it's, they're very sad. Sometimes, you know, they're sort of fired up and ready to go out and hit a punching bag or something, but whatever. The point is you want to have some kind of emotional resonance with the reader. That's, sure. that's ideally the case. So so I'm pleased that, that you guys felt that way. I, I I felt like the story worked out pretty well, and it does have a lot of, yeah, I, I think it has a lot of emotional punch. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, here's the big question. Do you have any interest in playing the Star Wars The Old Republic game when it's finally released? Um, I have an interest, but I probably won't do it because I, ah. I don't have I, I just don't have the time. I mean, the problem that I yeah. have is... He's got know, two six-year-old boys. <laughs> you get hung up in those games, you know, and, and man, they can just suck up so much time. I, what I did for a long time when I was doing computer gaming and still writing and having the day job is I would, I would do first-person shooters because you can just do mm-hmm. them and then you're done. Yeah. You know, whereas, you know, at the time, all of my buddies were into into EverQuest and all of that, and they just were on an enormous amount of time. I said, man, I can't do that again. Yeah. <laughs> I can't afford to spend a few hours a day playing a video game. I got too many other things I got to handle. But, yeah. but at some point, I you know, I hope to, to at least be able to play it or eyeball it over somebody's shoulder or something because it looks incredibly cool. Well, if they uh, they keep coming out with novels and comics and uh, game trailers like that, it'll appease at least uh, those of us that don't have time. Because yeah. I'm in the same boat yeah, you know, as you, there's just no way. Yeah, did you see the the the, uh, the sort of the game footage trailer they released on Friday? Very cool looking. Yes. Yeah, yeah a younger uh, a, a younger Darth Malgus. Uh, we get to hear him speak. That was very cool. Yeah, it seemed very cool. So, um, you, with the uh, well, with the two books that you've currently got out, Cross Current and Deceived, uh-huh. and then with your uh, you've got a. Um, uh, a sequel to Cross Current coming out, which which we can touch on in just a minute. You've written mm-hmm. across a large area of the Star Wars universe from from like three thousand six hundred some years prior to Episode One to forty some years after Return of the Jedi. Uh, do you right. have a do you have a, a preference to the timeline, or is it all pretty much the same? Do you just uh, you know different aspects of characters? Well. Yeah, I guess I, I don't have a strong preference. At least um, I don't have a strong preference for any reason other than sort of um, sort of meta writing reasons. I mean, it, you know, when I look across the, all of the, the the various timelines, Star Wars is still you know Star Wars, mm-hmm. and so there are elements of the story that are always going to be there, irrespective of the time frame in which you're writing. They're sort of very cool uh, political, geopolitical, galaxy political <laughs> events that are happening <laughs> yeah. at all times, and so there's, there's, there's always very rich ground for storytelling. One of the the, the benefits, sort of, of writing in in an era like the Old Republic, is that the, the history there is not, at least, the, the, there are a lot of places in the timeline that are not filled with an enormous amount of detail, mm-hmm. and that allows. Um, that allows a, a good deal of sort of creative elbow room, you know, to do some things. And that's sure. nice. You know, you still you still want to tell a Star Wars story. You want it to fit into the timeline and have the events and, and touch on all of the themes and, and the, the sort of the vibe that is Star Wars. But at the same time, it's nice to have a little bit of room. 
when I did cross current, as you mentioned, that happens. Some of it happens in the far past, and, and a good chunk of it happens uh, about 40 years after uh, Jedi. Uh, you know, when I uh, when I was chatting with the editor about that novel, yeah, I really asked to do a kind of a side story that featured a character who hadn't been featured at all in the novels before, except maybe name dropped. And and I did that for the same reason. I just I wanted to have some flexibility in terms of developing the psychology of the characters and their internal dramatic conflict, I wanted to have some some room to tell the kind of story that, that I wanted to tell, again, while still keeping it within the boundaries of what it is to be a Star Wars story. And, and that worked out really well. So, I, I mean, I think you can do it. If you want to write that kind of story, that kind of freedom, I think you can do it at any time mm-hmm. in the in sort of the Star Wars timeline. It, it, you know, it can be a little trickier to to elbow out that kind of room when you're writing in a highly detailed era as opposed to one that's less detailed, but you can still do it. Yeah. So it sounds like a Star Wars story is a Star Wars story regardless of where it's set in the timeline be- because of those thematic elements as well. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I think that's exactly right. Do you uh, have any other Star Wars titles in the works at this time? I, I uh, have signed for a hardcover duology with Del Rey. Um, Nice. That will in, I think, 2012. You know, that schedule's always been flux between, you know, yeah. now and those kinds of dates. So, I mean, tentatively, it's scheduled for 2012. That's been announced. No subject matter or anything of that kind has been announced, and that's reasonable since I haven't fully decided on it yet. <laughs> sure. I've got yeah. the, yeah, I mean, I have the, the sort of the concept down, and I run that by, by the folks, but until that, an outline actually gets nailed down and approved. Nothing is final, so it's still in flux. But but I'm excited about that. that, that I think that's going to work out real well. That good. sounds good. Well, when you're ready to announce that, uh, give us a call back up, and we'll uh, we'll get you on the show again. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> um, now, yeah, sorry, go ahead, Chris. No, I was going to ask you, this is kind of an off-the-wall question here, but uh, I'm just curious, and you can use one of your own characters you created or one of the uh, characters that's already out there, but uh, which Star Wars character do you associate yourself with the most? Oh, you mean from from the from the movie? It could be from the movie. It could be from one of your books. Okay, from the from the movies, probably. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, geez, how do you pick one of these with that kind of sound like an arrogant jerk? You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, unless you go with you know, oh well, Chewbacca, you know, okay, but yeah, um, you know, I'd probably say uh, Obi Wan from the prequel trilogy. Okay. You know, um, he 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 is, uh, or at least that's that's kind of what I I suppose I I, I, I like to think of myself that way. Mm-hmm. Generally, you know, calm and in control, competent, but occasionally given some flashes of temper at the right time. Well, you you do have the little goatee thing going on there, you know. Yeah, there you go. Kind of like let me let the so. hair grow a little, and I'll uh, yeah. do my best, you and McGregor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, um, as I as I alluded to earlier, you've also got um, uh, the paperback Riptide, which is a sequel to Cross Current, uh, coming right. out. Um, it looks like it's still it's still scheduled for the end of July or I guess beginning of August, depending on how the publishing goes for that. Um, is this this is a uh, direct sequel to Cross Current then, continuing with the the same characters? It is. It, it actually has been moved to September. So it's going to be released, I think, September 27th is the current release date. There was a, an article on StarWars.com maybe a few weeks ago when they re- revealed the new cover art, and I think they mentioned the July release date. That's wrong. It is September. The book's written. It's been written a long time, but for scheduling reasons, they think September's going to work better. So September is the date, um, and it is a direct sequel. Uh, to in fact, it picks up essentially, you know, minutes on hours 
after the end of uh, Cross Current. Okay, so, so the, right on that. Yeah. Features, uh, you know, Jaden Core, Kedron, and Mar, the kind of the two spacers. And um, and then it also features the, the kind of the twist that occurs at the end of Cross Current is the, the substance of the plot for Riptide. Excellent. Excellent. So you knew going into that that you were going to write the second book. Is that how you kind of wrote the first one? No. I no? Didn't. I, I, what, no, what I try to do, though, with all my books, I've been doing this, you know, a fair amount of time now. What I yeah. always try to do is... is um, is have enough, uh, you know, I, I hesitate to call them loose ends exactly because, I, you know, last thing I want to do is leave a reader unsatisfied with the story. But I try to have enough kind of threads that don't get, that are open enough to be expanded upon for something mm-hmm. uh, sub- subsequent. So, you know, Cross Current resolves the issues of Cross Current, but, but in the process reveals a few new threads that, um, I figured if I never wrote another book about it, they would just be cool little threads that people mm-hmm. could speculate about or enjoy or whatever. Um, and if I was able to write a sequel about it, then great, I would I would explore those then. So that's the way that worked out. But no, at the time, I had yeah, you know, I didn't know I was going to ever write another Star Wars novel. <laughs> I mean, depends on okay. how, it, how it was received, and you know, if the editors dug on it, fans dug on it, and so on. And fortunately for me, by and large, that the editors dug it, and generally speaking, the readers seem to have enjoyed it too. So cool, excellent. So if you do a and if you do a third book in the series, is a title going to be Tidal Wave or Tsunami? <laughs> yeah, un- undertow. Or, undertow. There we go. Uh, we'll figure. We'll figure it out. Then, then, <laughs> then we can make tool the uh, official band if we call it undertow, right? There you go. <laughs> nice, nice. All right. Well, Paul, um, I, on behalf of Chris and myself, I'd love to uh, uh, extend an invitation to uh, come back and talk with us anytime. And thank you very Absolutely. much for taking uh, a little bit of your day here to talk to us about your your new titles and and uh, much success with Deceived. Hey, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. Thank we you. appreciate talking to you. Very good. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. And uh, so thanks very much to Paul Kemp for, for joining us for that interview. Um, want to point out uh, Paul's website is paulskemp.com. And uh, for those of you that are interested in picking up the book, it is out now in hardcover for $27. Um, I'd also like to point out, you may have heard uh, Paul use a strange word in his uh, interview. It was the word grok. Um, no, you were not mishearing it. Yes, that's what he said. It was grok, G-R-O-K. Um, this is a, um, uh, a, a word that means to intimately and completely share the same reality or line of thinking with another physical or conceptual ent- entity, uh, which, um, <laughs> Pete, just feel free to nod off any time here, okay? <laughs> Wait, what? Huh? <laughs> Hang on, I'll tell you when you can come back in. Um, <laughs> this was coined by uh, Robert Heinlein um, back in 1961 for one of his books, but um, uh, science fiction fans uh, may have heard the term used before, mostly uh, with Star Trek fans uh, who uh, in the... Star what? Uh, the other fr- star franchise, Star, star Trek. Oh. Um, uh, at the fans use the phrase, I grok Spock. It's a thing that showed up on <laughs> buttons. and It's like Darth Vader lives. It's kind of their Darth Vader lives kind of pin. It says, I grok Spock. And it's just, you know, I totally am down with that dude. <laughs> sort of. That's what it means. Well, thank you for that clarification. <laughs> sure. <I'm glad. laughs> okay. I feel like when you use a word that needs that much explanation, <laughs> you maybe should just cut it out. Well, you know, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding, Paul. Rock on. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want you know. You know, our younger readers uh, or our younger listeners to come in and go. 
you know, what was that? And, uh, you know, if, uh, if the audio quality was a little poor or something like that, you know, people might be like, what, what did he say? I don't know there. So just trying to drop. Dad won't be able to answer that. Yeah. Just trying to drop some knowledge on the folks. Uh, all right. Uh, we have two other books coming up towards the end of this year. Um, the Clone Wars Incredible Vehicles. I can't wait to see that one. All the other incredible uh, blank books have been uh, <laughs> the incredible blank. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was wondering, so, but there was nothing on any of the pages in them. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is going to be a hardcover, just like the other one. It's going to be uh, $20, 96 pages. And uh, that's coming out in September of this year. And the other one, hey. Jay... Well, hang on, hang on. Before we before we get away from the incredible vehicles, uh, I I had seen some uh, information in um, uh, I didn't. I, I, it was either on Amazon or it might have been um, on um, DK's site about this. Mm-hmm. Um, these are actually going to have digital models that they used in the show, and they're going to have it, you know, on uh, printed on the page in several different, you know, turnaround views and stuff like that, as well as doing the. Um, some of the cutaways. So they're going to have, I think, uh, um, Hans Jensen and Richard Chasemore, who have done uh, some of the cutaways from the previous books, working on this as well. Um, and uh, I, that just is going to be so cool to be able to have the actual models that they're using from the show yeah. yep. reprinted, but then having the artists, you know, cut them away and show the interiors and everything like that. Very, very, very cool. Yeah, I've been looking forward to that. All right. All right. I. I know that you uh yeah i hate, told I, you about this book yeah, I, I hate you, you for me. this i, I hate, hate you for this uh a couple months ago uh, we did a, a review on star wars art visions that came out uh towards the end of last year there was two versions of this book there was a limited edition version cha-ching. and a regular version yeah there's cha-ching, another cha-ching. yeah there's another book coming out called star wars art comics now I can't wait to see the artists that they get for this, um, but it's the exact same format. $400 for the LE version, oh, $40 for the regular version. Yeah. Now, the difference here is 244 pages to 180. So you're definitely getting more pages, just like with the last book. And who knows, maybe they'll throw in some giclés or something for some of the art. Um, hopefully that's not actually in the book. But here we go again. Um, you can order it, pre-order it from Amazon.com right now for $252, uh, or I think the $40 regular price, I think is like 26 or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've already pre-ordered mine and, uh, I think, I think you did the same. Yeah. You were twisting my my email. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, so my birthday's coming up shortly and I'm asking for some (laughs) Amazon gift cards to help cover that. My wife's like, there you go. You got a new book? And I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking of getting this. I pre-ordered it to lock in the price. She's like, is it expensive? I'm like, yeah, it's kind of expensive. She goes, how much? I said, it's around 200 bucks. And she (laughs) around, around about, well, I didn't want to tell her it was 400 because it's not right. Yeah. 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 Well, could now, you start and say it is four hundred, but I got it for two hundred? You know, you I, I was going to say that that probably would have been the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I may not be getting the deluxe edition now. I don't know. <laughs> now, Pete, have you seen the, the the one from last year, Star Wars Art Visions? Yes, I, I have the standard edition, uh, which I enjoyed very much and is is good stuff. But I, I just couldn't bring myself to. Um, I, when I shouldn't say I couldn't bring myself, I certainly could have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, the I was in the same boat as uh, Jay in that um, you know when you start talking about books and you see, oh, here, here's a book that I want, 
Yeah. And my wife goes, "Oh, you want this for your for Christmas?" Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, feel free to get the uh, get get the get the expensive one. Oh no, no. Okay, okay. Well, the other one's fine. The other one's nice. fine. No, if if you want to, I've been really good this year. But uh, you know, if if, if you I had known Christmas for me, then that's yeah. fine. If I had known they were doing a comics one, which which I think I will enjoy um, probably ten times more than the the art one, uh, only because. I'm more familiar with all the comic artists um, yeah, than I yeah. am with these mm-hmm. these um, high-end, uh, you know, fancy artists. <laughs> um, I would have gotten the regular edition of that one and, and then blown my money on the deluxe edition of the comics one here. Mm-hmm. Well, I, uh, I'm crazy and I have to have the best version of everything. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a couple books that came out over the last few years that I... Uh, you know, just never picked up at full price, and I thought, yeah, well, if they ever went on sale, it just happened. Star Wars Shop had their forty percent off sale, uh, and so I picked up the Star Wars Guide to the Pop Up Galaxy book, the limited edition that was uh, originally three hundred dollars, but you know, forty percent off, it made me bite. It, it, it better be popping up hundred dollar bills inside at that point. <laughs> no, you know? Let me tell you, that is a pretty neat book. I opened it up last night. Um, I'll be doing a. Uh, front page story just to show people a little more about it and you know the differences in the versions but um you know it's electronic it's signed by the author it's got a pop-up on the front of the book in addition to the pop-ups in the book uh comes in a nice little box it's numbered it's neat but it's not worth 300 dollars. so i i definitely would not have picked that up had it not been on sale the other one i got was the limited edition slipcase version of the art of the clone wars mm-hmm. uh, which was originally 120 dollars on sale for 80 and then it was an additional forty percent off, so another good oh, pickup cool. for like forty bucks. Yeah. yeah, couldn't couldn't turn that one down. And so. That's the one that had the um, it has like foldouts in it, right? Uh, it's got a couple um, uh, gate folds in it with some extra. I uh, think so, but I haven't even broken the plastic on that. So okay. I I haven't seen it in person yet. I, I think I've seen pictures of what you're talking about, though. Yeah, if, if it's if it's the edition that I recall, um, I, I, that's the one I've got as well. It's got a. Um, there's like a gatefold of um, a couple of the uh, conceptual artists. They were messing around uh, designing uh, ships. I guess it was when they were designing the Y-Wings back for season one. Um, right. And um, someone decided to design an A through Z-Wing or something <laughs> like that. And so they have basically one of every letter of the alphabet. There's an O-Wing you know, and, a, and an R-Wing and all this kind of stuff. And then um, there's also a, C, a section in it uh, where... Um, you've got the, you know, the ad-at, which looks kind of like a, a, an elephant or, you know, a, a four-legged beast. Well, they, they imagined the Empire using animals as um, uh, design influences for different sh- uh, vehicles and stuff like that. So they, they, they come up with some pretty bizarre, like there's something like looks like a gorilla um, that's mechanical. And it, it has, you know, I think it's called like gorilla and it's G-O, you know, it's their periods after all the letters. So it actually, you know, stands for something. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Well, that's neat. That's so, so, yeah. so always check StarWarsShop.com to uh, see when they're having sales, and you can get all this limited edition stuff at, uh, at cut rate prices if you don't have to get it when, you're, uh, when it's brand new, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's, I, there was just no way I was going to spend that, that amount of money on those books, uh, so this worked out perfect. And, of course, the sale's over. It was only a three-day sale, but uh, I'm sure they'll have another one. Hi, this is John Jackson Miller, author of Knights of the Old Republic and Knight Errant, and you're listening to Jedi Journals on ForceCast.net. May the Force be with you. All right, magazines. There's only two of them. 
Uh, we've kind of touched on Insider already. Um, again, that's already shipped, and that's the one with the Paul Kemp interview. Um, there's a lot of other great short articles story. and things. I'm sorry, yeah, in yeah. interview, short story. And uh, there's a lot of other great articles in this uh, this month's episode or uh, magazine. And, the, of course, the covers, they, they continue to hit us with uh, three different covers. There's a comic store exclusive, there's the subscribers exclusive, and then the newsstand edition. Um, really, there's only two covers. The difference between the newsstand edition and subscribers exclusive is there's no words uh, on the front of the magazine. Yeah, you get the subscribers, a... and it just it's nice. It's just a nice, pretty, you know, picture instead of having a bunch of words across it all. So, well, not, there, not there was. Much... I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say there's not that much of a difference, but if you uh, if you collect all the variants, then uh, I'll track three three different ones down this month. <laughs> they um uh, they also announced on uh, StarWars.com uh, a few days ago that uh, Insider is now available worldwide. So they um, they're offering the same edition of the magazine um, in the U.S., in the U.K., and New Zealand, and um, so you can basically just subscribe once and get your. Uh, I guess the language of your ma- magazine, but it's going to be, you know, the same content monthly instead of, you know, five different, you know, like the French have their own version of the magazine. And um, I read somewhere that Germany is not included in this. Oh, okay. Uh, all over the world, I guess everywhere but Germany. So, okay. Yeah, not sure what that's about, but. Well, they may uh, be continuing with their, uh, whatever their version of the uh, fan club is or the insider releases. It's just there. weird, though, that they would just, you know, just be the only ones. But uh, I don't know. Pete, do you uh, subscribe to Insider? I do. Um, I, as Jay was talking about earlier, I let it lapse once uh, it kind of got to the point where they were uh, featuring stories that we had read about four months earlier on the Force.net. But uh, they really then you listen to Jedi. Then you listen to Jedi journals, and it got you, you know, peaked back up, right? Right, exactly. I mean, <laughs> it, it all rolled downhill from there. So, um, you know, it, it, they've really made some great changes, and uh, the guys over there seem to really be on the ball um, and taking it in a di- direction that really is, is something to to keep note of. So I went ahead sure. and, and re-upped my subscription, and um, have, have not been disappointed by what they've been bringing us so far. Cool, cool. Uh, did you get the Jay? Did you get your your copy of the next Star Wars Clone Wars magazine? I'm sorry, are you talking to me? Uh, no, I didn't. I still have. Well, I, I always get mine before you. Yeah, for some you're, reason. I think they, you know, because it's shipping from Canada and uh, Florida somehow gets it first. I can't understand why. Maybe they start from the other way and go around the other side of the world. And it comes. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. They go over the pole. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, there's I a got mine yesterday. What? What's that, Pete? There's a direct route, uh, can, Canadian geese fly right down into Florida, and so that that's kind of where it goes through, and it's a little bit quicker than, the, you know, they have to make a couple of uh, you know, switches when they're going to other parts of the country, so it's, it's nice to be able to fly direct. Yeah, good to know. <laughs> well, this, uh, this one features the cover, uh, has Chewbacca, Ahsoka, and Yoda, and um, the comic for this particular one, features Asajj Ventress once again failing to take out Obi-Wan. Oh, no. there. Uh, the What If, the Clone Wars Infinity story, is what if Anakin dueled General Grievous? It brings up some interesting notions. Um, you mm-hmm. know, it's it's not canon, so it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting. But uh, 
worth reading. And then there's a contest to win one of five copies of the brand new Lego Star Wars 3 The Clone Wars video game for the Xbox 360. The contest starts on April 5th and closes on June 6th, so you've got two whole months to enter. Cool, so, so if, if people get a copy of the magazine and they can find out how to enter. And... Yeah, oh. it's, uh, it's pretty simple. You can do it electronically or you can cut out. It looks like you can cut out the little piece and mail it in, but uh, email is probably the way to go on that. So. Awesome. That's cool. That's a it's a great game too. Um, I, uh, we just got that, and um, my son's been playing it up. obsessively for the last two days. Um, <laughs> I got a chance to play a little bit of one of the levels, and it's it. I like all the other Lego Star Wars games. It's really fun. Cool. All right. Well, that's it for magazines. We're gonna take a just a few minutes here, go through some listener feedback. Um, we are getting your emails, and if we haven't responded to you uh, in email, then we're gonna do so right now. Uh, this one's from Adam. He says, "I would like to." Start by thanking you for everything you guys do, uh, bringing everyone up to date with all the new books and comics that are being released. Because of you that I got back into comics, and to my great surprise and delight, I received the Clone Wars magazine in the mail today, uh, and I love them. Uh, Adam was one of our winners from uh, two months ago. Yeah. So again, I'd like to thank you for everything you do and giving the chance to fans like me to win some great Star Wars items. You're very welcome, Adam. Oh, that's cool. Yep. Always always glad to help out uh, someone in uh Give you a little some, something for uh, for your effort. This is a recurring theme I'm seeing in some of these these emails that people are getting excited about things that we're talking about they didn't know about before. So that's that's a good feeling to know that we're uh, the things we're talking about are having an effect on the, the reading Star Wars reading. Sure. Population. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Speaking about getting excited, um, uh, so uh, I've actually got a voicemail here from a, from one of our listeners. Um, this actually came through the the Forcecast voicemail. Um, they had uh, they had left it for um, Jason and Jimmy. But uh, Jimmy handed it over to us. Uh, some of you may have uh, f- that have the uh, iPhone app on your uh, on your phone uh, may have heard uh, Chris and I talking about Star Wars Frames the other um, the other month on the little extra that was there. If not, we were just basically talking about you know how we could justify spending the money for Star Wars Frames, which is a uh, very expensive. Uh, limited edition uh, picture book, uh, and so John calls in to uh, to tell us this. Hey, Jason and Jimmy, this is John in Cleveland. So, have you heard about the new book set called Star Wars Frames? It's pretty much a six-book set made up of, of course, six books, one for each movie, that has very nicely taken screenshots from each of the movies, chosen by George Lucas himself. And even comes with a George Lucas autograph, and it comes in a nice wooden box. So you say, oh, that sounds nice. I mean, maybe, I mean, wow, with George Lucas autograph, maybe that's 500 to $700, right? No. This thing on Star Wars Shop is three grand, $3,000 for a book set? Are you kidding me? In this economy, do I look like I'm made out of money? $3,000? I could buy my first car for that much money, for crying out loud, $3,000. That's like 500 a book. And yeah, it comes with a George Lucas autograph. And yeah, it comes with a nice wooden case. Okay, 1000 if you're going to overprice it, but 3000 bucks. I know George can't sign a lot of autographs for that, but I mean... Sheesh. Who can afford this thing? I mean, really. Who can afford a book set for 3000 bucks? Just seems ridiculous. I mean, it, it looks nice. I mean, I would like to have it. 
I'd also like to have $3,000 so I could get it, but no, that's not happening, so it looks like I'm not getting this set. But sheesh, that's got to be the most expensive piece as far as Star Wars literature goes, or Star Wars books. Okay. So is he getting it, or I'm I'm a little unclear. Yeah, I'm a little unclear if he's getting it or not. Just for fun, I counted, and it was nine times. (laughs) Nine times John mentioned the price, which was what again? Uh, I think it was three thousand dollars. Okay. Oh my God! Yeah, that it is the most expensive uh, piece of literature, and and again, I'm going to use that term loosely, just because there's no words in it. Yeah. But well, it, you have to think of it in in the 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 annals of of how much George's time is worth. So if he handpicks these, and we know how much George is worth, you know that may be an hour's worth of work for him. So you know you figure. You would have to pay George about $3,000 an hour for his salary. I think it all works out about right. So each book, you know, well, that he sells is yeah. eight days or, you know, eight hours worth of work. You know. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, um, that puts it all in perspective, Pete. That uh, makes total sense. <laughs> I, I'm going to go yeah. out and get one now. Yeah, right. Well, I, I, that's my... Uh, ability to talk everyone into this on behalf of George because you know he's a little bit destitute he's a little down and out we need to bail him out um, you know we've got to bridge the gap between episode 3 and Star Wars in 3D you know as far as funds for him because I you know he he's, he was living high for a while and now he's kind of come back to earth so right. everybody go out and buy this $3,000 book well well, everybody can't because uh, eventually they're going to run out because the edition size is only 1138 And I think there's probably more Star Wars fans than that in the world. So I'll be right back, guys. i got to go pre-order my set. Okay. <laughs> we'll catch you on the backside there. I, I do eventually see this set uh, in my collection somewhere down the road, not for that amount. Um, but, you know, we'll see. It's not something I'm... Too worried about and, right now. And it will be signed uh, by George Lucas to Tim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. Whatever <laughs> he can takes. get. Yeah. So, oh, that's good. Well, thanks, John, for, for sending that in. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know if, um, well, I take that back. I do know one person that, that got it, a member of our uh, DC collectors group. His wife actually got it for him. He says, um, which which I actually do, you know can believe uh, they they did get um, uh, engaged at I think it was Celebration Four, mm. um, so they do go to the conventions together. And he sent me over a, a, a photo of the palette. You know, it's like three huge boxes: two boxes uh, for the books and one huge box for the uh, for the case. Um, I haven't heard a whole lot of uh, feedback from him on on that. I I asked him if he could bring it to the next meeting so we could all touch it and and look at it and go, ooh, ah. Um, But I don't know if, uh, I mean, the thing weighs like 60 pounds, I think, total or something like that. So I don't know if he really wants to lug that around with him uh, coming to one of our meetings. But um, at some point, I'm sure I'll be able to see it up close and we can continue uh, uh, trying to figure out uh, just what makes somebody want to collect this particular collectible yeah i want it (laughs) all right moving right along 
Uh, good morning. I just want to say thank you to you guys for a couple reasons. I was listening to Solo J Jedi Journals last last Friday and was pleasantly surprised to hear my name as one of the winners of the Clone Wars magazine giveaway. I was equally as surprised to find it in my mail already when I got home from work yesterday. Thanks for that. But the biggest surprise I got when I scanned through issue number one. Now I am a huge fan of the Clone Wars TV show, and I have every issue of The Insider as far as far back as I can remember. But I was passing on the Clone Wars magazine, figuring that it was geared towards kids and would, most, and would mostly cutesy games and whatnot. Even after hearing you guys talk about it on the Jedi Journal's podcast, I still was passing. Now that I've seen firsthand what it contains, I'm going to definitely be starting a subscription to it. While it is aimed towards kids, there's enough older content in it to pique my interest into what it may contain every month. I would have probably have never seen what was in the magazine if it wasn't for the giveaway that I was lucky enough to have been one of the winners for. For that, I thank you again. Keep up the great work. Brian. P.S. It must be my lucky weekend. I just received a confirmation email that I have won a copy of The Old Republic Deceived from a Facebook giveaway contest sponsored by Star Wars Books fan page. I was counting down the days till 322, but I guess now my wait will shorten. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for writing in, Brian, and uh, happy that you were one of our winners. Okay. Uh, I've, got, I've got one here from uh, uh, Teresa from Texas. Oh, this is a good one. <clears throat> she says, hey, guys, I just wanted to write you and tell you how great a job you guys are doing. It is amazing to have a podcast that is ded- dedicated to the books and publishing world of Star Wars. As an avid reader, it was so great to hear people that are just as interested in the world of written media as I am. I've always had a passion for reading, and it has morphed into a world of sci-fi fantasy reading over the past 10 to 15 years. So thank you for your show. It rocks, and I look forward to it all the time. The great suggestions on comics and books has increased my library and is continuing to do so. Now, she goes on to talk about um, how she uh, has gotten behind a little bit in her, in her books, and uh, she's, she's got a number that are uh, waiting to be read. She says the number actually sits at 65, and, that's quite an embar- and that is quite embarrassing. I came to a realization at the beginning of March that for my birthday I was going to be getting more books. I finally decided I needed to get all of these books read, and now I have this quest set to read them by December 31st of this year, which, is, which she says is about seven books a month. So um, she's, uh, she started a little blog um, keeping track of what books she has to read and what books she has left to read and, um, and how many she's read each month and stuff like that. So uh, hopefully um, uh, she can uh, complete that goal. That, that's, that's a lot. I mean, that's yeah. you know, taking all your extra time and, and putting it towards reading. But um, I'm glad that uh, uh, Teresa here is, uh, has found out about you know, new books and stuff like that. And it, and it sounds like uh, from looking at her blog, she's branched out. It's not just Star Wars books she reads. I mean, she, does, she has a number of other sci-fi uh, titles and stuff on there as well. So, Teresa, good luck to you. And hopefully you can, um, you can uh, meet your goal and catch up on the books. And then uh, as we uh, monthly here tell you about the new titles that are coming, you can just add them onto the bottom of your list for next year. <laughs> All right. Here is one from Kenneth. Uh, from Ohio. Dear Forcecast, hello, Jedi Journals, Chris and Jay. I listen to Jedi Journals podcast all the time and look forward to it every month. I'm excited about the new Timothy Zahn novels coming out this year, like Choices of One and Air of the Empire, the 20th anniversary edition. Also, I'm happy to hear that J.W. Rinsler is going to be coming out with the Making of Return of the Jedi book coming out in 2013, and later this year in November, an ILM book called Industrial Light and Magic, Making the Poss- Impossible Real. Take care. Chris and Jay, keep up the good work with the Jedi Journals podcast, and may the Force be with you. All right. Yeah, all sorts of 
good stuff coming out. I'm looking forward to that. Even though the Heir to the Empire uh, is a reprint, I'm looking forward to the uh, the new short story that they've got, as well as all the annotations. The annotations they're, they're are, yeah, that's a that's a neat little feature. We've actually been seeing, I think, two of those so far uh, that have come out. Yeah, when we record this, there have been two, that, and they're releasing one each week on uh, the Star Wars Books uh, Facebook page. Yep. Um, you still check Facebook, Pete? You, you uh, follow what people are doing over there? Uh, I'm off on there quite uh, frequently. In fact, uh, I have updated my um, outgoing message to say thank you for the birthday wishes. Uh, that yeah. still dates back to May of 2010. So, <laughs> uh, you know, sorry about that. No, I, I'm, unfortunately, I don't. I don't go on there very often. Yeah, and I don't. I don't Twitter either. No. I was That's say, okay. Neither do I. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, well, well, here's what I can I'm do. I'm still on MySpace, though. Oh, excellent. Well, that, <laughs> the three that's of good. us that are on there are really enjoying the, the freedom that we have to be on there by ourselves. Is it you and two bands, two unsigned <laughs> bands? <laughs> yes, and one one character I'd rather not talk about. <laughs> well, I was telling Chris I could uh, I could get him a Twitter account, but then he can just give me the login information and I'll just tweet stuff for him. <laughs> you know, yeah. isn't that how Hollywood does it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Got my own personal Twitter guy, Jay. <laughs> All right, our last bit of feedback here is actually a question. Is that first off, I'm really enjoying the info you and Jay provide on the Jedi Journals. And my very first introduction to Star Wars was the Marvel adaptation. Your work is really appreciated, as the written world of Star Wars always holds a special place for me. I have a question that perhaps you could answer in the Jedi Journals at some point. This is, of course, if there is enough info out there. I have been planning to purchase a tablet PC iPad is the leading contender, but until I hand over the dollars, I haven't yet decided on which. As I have been looking into my options, I started thinking about Star Wars, naturally. What is currently available, and what is on the horizon for this rapidly expanding tablet medium, or even just anything digital? Hmm. The printed novel, and especially the printed comic, are their days numbered? Many say yes, and if so, can we take up a digital source to supply our Star Wars needs? I do have some digital comics and novels, but I'm wondering what is being offered now and what is in the works. Would love to hear you and Jay provide your thoughts and answers, if any. Again, thanks for the great show. Cheers, Duncan. Well, Duncan, um, as I mentioned earlier, the uh, at C2E2, Dark Horse had a lot of information about their new digital uh, comics program, which at this point doesn't have any Star Wars titles listed, but I think it's probably safe to assume that they will at some point. Um, a, a, a website I, I read, uh, a, kind of a tech blog called lifehacker.com, had an interesting article. Uh, they're, they're tied in with Gizmodo. I think Gizmodo actually had a, a copy of the article as well about how to read uh, comics digitally. And uh, they talk about your different options, um, as including um, uh, subscriptions uh, for online content, uh, being able to download content from the uh the companies and put it onto your tablet or your your phone or you know your your pc in whatever way or um you know taking some of your existing uh titles and and scanning them uh yourself and assembling them uh i know that uh the the reader i have a comic reader on my iphone that um if I have a scanned uh, pre-existing copy, you know, an actual file with the images from a comic book in it, I can load it onto my phone and, and take it with me that way. As far as the uh, as far as the books go, um, there's always the uh, uh, ebook versions of of titles uh, for new titles that are coming out. Um, 
that you can get through Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Uh, you, you know, because they have their their Kindle and their Nook, they have different, uh, uh, slightly different versions of the files. There's a lot of stuff that will be coming out electronically in in a in a digital format. Um, it's just uh, you're going to need to look around to see what. Um, What's available in what format? Because there are so many different formats right now. There's not sort of a uh, a common platform that I've uh, that I've seen. I know that there's you know, if if you can find stuff as PDF, I think most of the readers and and like the iPad reads PDFs, but some of them are in EPUB format. Um, you've got other things, uh, digital comics that could be in like a CBZ format or things like that. So um, there's definitely a lot coming out. I also don't think print's going to go anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, let's hope not. Yeah, it's um people have been saying print's going away for for a decade now and uh it it doesn't really seem to be fading as fast as people expect um that whole paperless office thing that I've been hearing about since the uh you know for the last over a decade now um we actually I think use more paper at our office now than we did uh previously <laughs> so um it's uh it, it, just kind of keep your eyes out, and um, you know we'll always let you know what uh, um, what's coming out as far as uh, you know digital comics and stuff like that. And if there's any uh, new and interesting ebook information on the horizon, we'll hopefully we'll we'll have information for about that on the show as well. Yeah, we've got a little contest for you this month. Uh, the first two people to answer the following question correctly will win one of two recent variant cover comics. Now, here's the question. What was the first book to ever mention the planet Coruscant? And what page number is Coruscant first mentioned on in the hardback as well as the paperback of this book? Now, you can only win one, but we'll take the first two people to send the correct answer to JediJournals at ForceCast.net with the subject title Coruscant Contest. And please include your mailing address and your name. We'll take entries from now until Monday, April 25th. And then we'll announce the winners on the May show. Okay, so that's uh, an email titled Coruscant Contest. Include the answer to the question, where was the, uh, what, what page number and what uh, book was the first uh, mention of Coruscant. Mm-hmm. And send it into Jedi Journals at forcecast.net uh, before, uh, what did we say, April 25th? All right. Yep, Monday, April 25th. All right, good luck, everybody. Have the Forcecast at your fingertips with the official Forcecast iPhone app. It's a trap. Not a trap, Admiral Akbar. It's an app. Don't get technical with me. Every Forcecast episode, exclusive content, links to Forcecast email and social networking, special programming, search feature, and much more. Impressive. The Forcecast iPhone app. Get it now. This is Obi-Wan Kenobi. You will listen to the Forcecast. Then you may go about your business. Uh-huh. Available now for only $2.99 at the Apple App Store. Get connected to the Forcecast with the official Forcecast iPhone app. Visit the Apple App Store and search Forcecast. Also available for Android phones. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We definitely want to give everyone a, a way of getting a, in contact with us uh, to leave feedback, good or bad. Uh, tell us how we're doing, uh, questions, anything like that. Uh, we can be reached at JediJournals at ForceCast.net. Somebody had written me an email, excuse me, a private message uh, asking where the email address was. Uh, if it's not currently on the About Us page on ForceCast.net, it should be soon, uh, as well as some bios uh, for the hosts. So be looking for that, but it's JediJournals at ForceCast.net. Well, that brings us to the end of another exciting episode of Jedi Journals on ForceCast.net. 
Um, any uh, final thoughts, uh, Pete? Sure. Well, I, I really want to thank you guys for extending the invitation to, to come on here. And uh, I want to take just a quick second to uh, let the people know, all the people that have been clamoring for me to be on the regular show, um, both of you, I appreciate all of your um, <laughs> messages and everything. Um, I, I, I do want to get back on the regular show, and Jason and Jimmy have been very good about uh, saying any time that uh, I want to be on there, I, I can jump on. But I found out that... Uh, the that uh, going to bed early is the new sleeping in for me, and so it's it's very difficult for me to to be available uh, in the evenings. But uh, uh, I appreciate you guys giving me an opportunity to shake off a little bit of the rust and have a good time with you, and uh, be on this. Uh, I, oh, I shouldn't say brand new, but a newer portion of the the show. I, I feel like now I've I've made my rounds and and many of the different forums that are available. Uh, on the force gas and and I almost feel like this is coming home for me since uh, Jay and I did this uh, oh quite quite some time ago now it's like five years ago uh, now I think. like five years ago we yeah. we kind of started this off a little bit and uh, didn't do it nearly as well as Jay and Chris do now and uh, so I'm glad that it's it's reappeared in a, in a much newer much better much shinier form uh, so <laughs> thanks guys I appreciate it keep reading those books uh, so that somebody can write the Wikipedia Wikipedia pages so I know what's going on well thanks thanks Pete I'm glad you were able to take us up on the offer and I'm glad we were able to to work around your um, your schedule to uh, to get you on the show and of course anytime that you want to stop by you're more than welcome and just just let us know and we'll uh, we'll always make room for you appreciate it Yep. Chris, any, any last thoughts uh, from you? Well, uh, thank you, Pete, for joining us. It's been a pleasure. And I think this is the first time you and I have actually ever been on a show together. Uh, I believe it is. It. Yeah. You, uh, you were kind that's of out next door. <laughs> What's that? That's, that's next month's contest question. What was the <laughs> show go. Chris and Pete were on at the same time? <laughs> there you go. Uh, no, I, I'm... More excited, I think, now about reading and books than I have been in quite some time. There's just so much new coming out, and I can't wait. I can't wait for uh, making a Return of the Jedi. That's 2013, unfortunately, that that's coming out. But, I mean, there's just so many things, and I don't have enough time to read uh, at all. I mean, that's that's such a problem. I come home from work, and all I want to do is read. you got to eat sometime. you got to sleep sometime. Um so, you know, trying to work that in there. But uh, I, that's why I like the, the comics and the, the digest and the, and the magazines, little articles, because you can read those in a, a very short amount of time. And you don't have to spend uh, hours and hours reading like you do with a novel. So, um, yeah, it's an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan, uh, especially of the, of the literature part of it. And uh, I'm just happy to be able to sit here and talk about it uh, with you guys. So. Yeah, I totally agree. There's there's not enough time in the day or enough energy in my week to uh to get to reading as much as I need to and uh yeah. uh much like uh the the feedback we got from Teresa, um I've got a you know, a large stack by my bed of stuff that um I'd like to well I'd like to read. I've also got some of those coffee table books like you were mentioning earlier, Chris. Sure. That I wanna yeah. just sit down and be able to just kinda relax and flip through, but I just don't have the time, so Yep. But well, yeah, it's um Definitely, uh, it's a goal, I think, to set time aside uh, to, to read. And, uh, you know, for instance, the the art books, uh, you know, you, you look at those and you take them off the shelf. You think, oh, one day I'm going to sit down and read that. But really, the time spent looking at that, you could read a book. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. so, so it's like, you got to choose which one are you going to do? And I try to keep up with the books as they come out, but it's just, it's impossible. It yeah. Is. They'll definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, for Jedi journals, this is Pete Nadel. I'm Chris. And I'm Jovial J reminding you to keep on reading. This podcast is not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The official Star Wars site can be found at www.starwars.com. Star Wars, all names and sounds of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of TheForce.net, LLC, unless otherwise indicated. 